1: Welcome to your partner in success radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths. And the topic today is one that fascinates me, and it's business planning for freelancers consultants and other professionals working in the gig economy. Not quite a business, not quite a job. So my guest today is a leader in business planning, and his name is David Brown. He's been here before. I'm sure you've heard him. And he is here today to share methods that are designed to help entrepreneurs understand the need for a business plan and remove their fear and pain of writing the plan. He's an in-demand speaker and consultant, and David has helped many clients write their business plan to meet the requirements of lenders and operate their business. His first book, From the Bottom Up, The Ultimate Guide for Business Planning to Profitability, is a step-by-step guide for writing a business plan in what is really a no-nonsense format. And I have that book on my office bookshelf. Thank you, David. So welcome to the gig economy. David, welcome to your partner in Success Radio. Welcome back.
0: Thank you. It's always a pleasure um, to be on your program and share some bits with uh, your listeners. I just always enjoy
1: it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And listen, the gig economy just—it's been around for a while, but I don't think it was actively, you know, that there was a name for it. We all had hobbies. You know, we all had something we were doing kind of on the side. You know, some of us said, "Okay, I don't want to have a brick and mortar business anymore. I want to, you know, do something that's completely different." Or, and I think a lot of where this came from is people who were working for other people, maybe a receptionist in a dentist's office, you know, just somebody else. But they're saying, you know, I've got so many skills that I've learned while working in this office and other offices. Why can't I put that, you know, out there and make a little bit of extra money? So the gig economy was born. Listen, I'm part of that economy. Everything I do is... You know, it's for, I do projects, I have retainers, but I'm basically, you know, part of the gig economy, even though my business is functioning very, very well. It's not a brick and mortar business. It never has been. It never will be. So let's talk about the differences, David, between brick and mortar businesses and the gig economy and what is so very different about planning that.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, just like you said, you know, it's been around for a long time. It just didn't have that name. And what really brought a lot of it to the forefront, uh, over especially the last couple of years through this pandemic, is the uh, the gig drivers like Lyft, and Uber, um, and your DoorDash people on your delivery services and things like that. Um, they go out there and just the extra way to earn some some money. And right now with the predictions of the, the most resignations that we've seen in at one time coming right at us, all these folks that have been working from home, all of a sudden say, I don't want to go back to the office. You know, I've been working from home for a year and a half. How do I do this? What do I do? And so they're starting to get – some of them are just doing it uh, with no idea what the next step is going to be. And unfortunately, there's too many of those. And some of them are thinking it through a little bit, but they're thinking, all right, I had all this stuff on from a corporate setting or uh, working for another business. Now, all right, was, how am I going to replace that? And so they're start, some of them are starting to think this way, uh, and I've had several people question me about it. And what they're trying to figure out is how can I make it work? What are some of the things that I have to be aware of before I take that big leap? Oh, exactly.
1: Look, when I started my business, I had no clue. I didn't have a business plan because why did I need one? I honestly didn't feel that I needed one. I wasn't going for a bank loan. I wasn't, you know, hiring people. It was me. It was me all by myself. Why did I need a business plan? A few years down the road, I kind of figured that out. You know, my taxes were problematic at best I mean you know if you don't know what you're doing you better get busy and and get something going but let's before I go any further with that Investopedia I think it is has a quote says in a gig economy, temporary flexible jobs are commonplace and companies tend toward hiring independent contractors and freelancers instead of full-time employees. A gig economy undermines the traditional economy of full-time workers who rarely change positions and instead focus on a lifetime career. I think that's probably correct. But I think it's gone a bit further, David, in that, like you just said so brilliantly, people don't want to go back to work. I mean, they're working. They're working just fine. But why do they have to drive their car, maintain their car, pick up their clothes from the, you know, the dry cleaners, board their kids out to, you know, pet sitters and my, and babysitters? I mean, why do people want to go back into an office? I wouldn't. I just, <laughs> I, I just about... Well, I just did a whole body-free song. Just me thinking about going into an office makes my stomach just clench up. It's not going to happen, ever.
0: Uh, one thing I've always laughed about is, uh, and I heard this many moons ago, is they talk about the entrepreneurs, uh, people like you and I, we are unemployable. Exactly. <laughs> and the first time I heard that, I had to think for a minute, but it's true. I the thought – I have worked for myself for almost 40 years, and when I sit back and think, oh, man, if I had to get a job now, I'd do it if it push push came to shove, but, man, I don't want to be told what to do anymore. I'm getting too old for that.
1: Uh, I was too always too old ladies. for that. I was always <laughs> too old for that. I was two years old and saying, you're not the boss of me.
0: <laughs> nope. I get that from my granddaughter. Um uh, But, yeah, it's uh, – and just watching out you know the way the people's mindsets are changing and we're seeing with this pandemic there's so much of the old paradigm has been thrown out like you said in that in that quote uh people are switching to, they're still working for the same people but now the bottom line is they're an independent contractor versus an employee right and and uh, we're seeing that shift over to that but the problem is Depending on the business, the business is looking at ways to cut their uh, expenses. And I understand that. We all do that. We've been doing it forever. But the problem is, is the people that they convert over may not fit the definition of a subcontractor. Oh. um, You know, I kind of relied back on my old insurance days uh, when I had a contractor was hiring a subcontractor to do some work. They had to have eight different pieces in order to qualify as an independent contractor according to the IRS. So a lot of these people are getting moved from a W-2 to a 1099. The company's saving all kinds of money and it's going to end up biting them in the long run if they ever get uh, audited because their staff is now uh, independent contractors but they don't meet the definition. And then the flip side is, is the independent contractors are in, sitting in a position, right? This just cost me a ton more money because now I have to pay 15% of my Social Security versus 75
1: Right, and they're my Exactly, they're my insurance, whatever it was. Mm-hmm.
0: And so people aren't, you know, from the, the employed switching over,
1: it, that is
0: a big expense. You know, we have to take 75 out of the right pocket seven and 7.5% out of the left pocket in order to match it, where before that employer did that matching, and people don't realize it. And so many people haven't a clue how to operate a business. And if they do, if some they of them some shouldn't of them. be because they just don't grasp the big picture. And we're seeing that with this economy and the way people are shifting. Uh, they don't understand it. I got to plan this out. What's it going to cost me? What do I have to have? I just had a conversation uh, earlier this week with a young lady that moved to a full-time personal trainer, Uh, left the club she was at, decided to to take the uh, big leap, and I asked her, how much does it cost you every day to open up the business? She says, what do you mean? She didn't How many clients do you have to have come in every day just to cover your expenses? And she looked at me with that deer-in-the-headlights look. And I said, God, I love that look when I get that from that question. And she couldn't get it. I said, well, And I explained to her about the, the one gentleman that, well, out of a group that answered that question, looked at me and says, 10 haircuts. He knew that his first 10 haircuts every day paid his expenses. And so I had to...
1: And I see where you're going with this, and and we'll talk about this. I, I need to tell you before I forget because, you know, I've got a chicken brain here going on. Um, there are so many, you know, you're talking to her about how many people do you need to work with that day. Then there's the marketing aspect. How do you find those people? How do you connect with those people? How do you continue to connect with them? So marketing is is an expense. I mean, the usual expense is taxes insurance, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to have high-speed Internet probably if you're going to be a gig worker. You're going to have to have some fairly decent equipment working on an iPhone, not a business plan, I'm going to tell you right now. So so keep on going. So we'll cover that, but I just wanted to toss it in there. Well,
0: well, absolutely. And so just trying to explain to them that, all right, and then we as we went through the conversation, I said, you know, you need to sit down and figure this out. And then it, to tie back into your comment, I asked her. I says, "Who's your ideal client?" She says, "Well, you know, everybody. pretty much everybody needs to be fitness." <laughs> I said, "Let me tell you from it. experience. Uh, if you with that mad attitude, you won't be around long. With that thought process, she says, what do you mean?" I said, "I learned the hard way. You know that I when I was insurance, everybody needed insurance. You know, mm-hmm. so everybody's my problem. Wrong." Uh, I said, I almost closed the doors because I had that mentality. And I said, yes, we all needed fitness, but that's not who you're going to get. So we went through a little exercise. It was a speed networking event, so I didn't have a lot of time. Uh, But I explained to her how to break all this down and identify, you know, one or two niche groups. And after that, and she just says, oh, man, she says, you just saved me a lot of headaches. I said, spend some time. Actually, I've sent her the follow-up documents that I use with my clients um, to help identify that because, like I said, then we know who to market. Um, you know, we can throw good money after bad trying to market to the world, but when the world's not your client, it, you're wasting it, and it's and too precious is, of a commodity. Oh,
1: no kidding. And the thing is, David, you don't know what you don't know. Listen, I'm a web developer. I build websites in my sleep, literally. I'm a nerd in Solano. So. And the first thing I will ask potential clients is, well, who is your target audience? And without fail, without fail, oh, it's everyone. It's it's great for everybody. No. Nope. Let's start over. <laughs> who who really is your target market? And we drill down, drill down, and drill down some more to find one or two areas where they really excel and where they know they can be of true assistance to that audience but and the gig economy doesn't understand that that it's new it's new to a lot of people even people who have brick and mortar businesses or have been in business for a while don't necessarily understand that but in marketing in particular you better know who you're talking to and you better stay in touch with them that's just my two cents
0: well you know and it's spot on as always but and so many people don't understand that and so as we move into this new reality uh, for a lot of people, they haven't thought all this through. You know, like you said, you know, I've been doing this stuff at this office. So I've, I could do this. Okay, well, that's fine. You've got that skill set. But how does that translate into the gig economy? And is there a big enough audience to support that? And how are you going to find them? And people start thinking, well, wait a minute. Um, a lot of people think, well, I just go do it virtually. Well, being a virtual assistant is not that easy.
1: Nope. After a number of years.
0: There are some that are very successful, but um, those are slim compared to the ones that start that line of work, as you well know, I mean, uh, from your uh, work in that field for a while. But people are trying to understand it. And they have it. the other thing is a lot of them have taken – I've got this hobby of building little knickknacks. I can do that. Great. as you start – Digging in a little bit and asking a little more questions, uh, they have uh, no clue that it can make any money. Who are you going to sell to? It all boils down to knowing your audience. Um, you know, and that's, you get into... that's
1: difficult, knowing who your audience is, and that requires – I'm going to tell you, David, you already know this. I know it. Defining your audience is going to ensure that you have hurt feelings because you just know, know what you know, and you know how good you are and how brilliant you are and how great your product or service is. Nobody cares. They only want to know what's in it for them. So plan on getting Mm -hmm. your feelings hurt.
0: Well, yeah, you better have uh, thick skin to move into the entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. world. Oh, yeah. Uh, And some people uh, don't last long because the first time somebody comes in complaining or yelling at them, that's it, I'm done. Um, so it's, it's it's a very difficult move. You know, we look at, uh, I travel, uh, well, used to a fair amount before this, and talking to some of the Lyft and Uber drivers, you know, how, what they do, and, oh, yeah, I make good money. They've got a name and a product that everybody knows about. So the, the companies themselves have done a pretty good making the masses aware of it. Uh, Those are kind of the outliers, in my opinion, on uh, when it comes to doing this because it's just just like Google has become a a verb, you know, and a noun. Uber and Lyft have kind of went in that same direction for their market. And so they don't have to think about who their market is because it finds them because everybody in traveling has probably got an Uber or Lyft app on their phone uh, compared to – the other uh, lines of work out there that, uh, you know, like say a virtual assistant or any type of consulting work uh, used to be i talk to people when I'd tell them I was a consultant on the business. Oh, you're out of work, right? I know.
1: <laughs> what is that? No, I'm working harder than you probably are. I'm a consultant as well. And I have to say I was I was genuinely surprised that this pandemic didn't hurt my business at all. In fact, it actually grew it. But I've been doing what I do for a long time. So, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't have to deviate a whole lot. So good for me, but a lot of people didn't have that that background and there some of them I think still wandering around going, "Oh, what the heck? What is yep. next?" You know, I'm making money. I'm picking up clients, but I'm putting every penny. I'm not I'm not giving myself a paycheck. Everything goes to taxes. Everything goes to my contract workers if I wind up hiring a team. Everything goes to somebody else. What the heck? I've seen it time and time again. Yeah,
0: and it's because they haven't taken the time to realize uh, everything that has to be put into this. When you start hiring, you you know, we've all done it. We've hired people to do things for us, but we know the cost. And then we have to price ours to cover that cost and then some. And and people aren't understanding the whole concept Well, I can do this and I I can break even, but there is no breaking even unless you have a lot of income coming in in order to set aside money for taxes and all the other fun stuff.
1: Uh, Yeah, what happens if your your refrigerator breaks down? I've had that happen. Fortunately, I was able to go, oh, crud, it was time to replace it anyway, but not everybody can do that. If they're working in the gig economy, they're just sweating bullets every day. And again, I agree with you, David. It's poor planning or no planning. But again, you don't know what you don't know. You think I've got the skill, I can do this, I rock at this. Then a year down the road, you're going, "Oh, geez, now what?"
0: hmm Yeah. And if they, a lot of people would have taken the time and investigate, and even started as a side hustle. Um, to see if it's going to work before they jump in full-time and build up a little bit of a following. Uh, and I've recommended that to a lot of people because they can't afford to, to jump ship because they need the benefits. They can't afford it. One lady says, well, I spend about $200 a month right now with the company I'm in. I can just, I'll set that aside. I said, Have you went on the government's website and priced health insurance?
1: <laughs>
0: uh, she says, no. I says, you better be sitting down. And then I told her what we pay uh, for ours, and she about had a heart attack. I said, you know, those are what you have to plan for. The tools are there. We just got to get people to realize it. I need to go spend a little more time thinking about this. Just because you've run this business for an employer, you might be the uh, operations officer or uh, office manager, but that doesn't mean you know how to run a business.
1: No, Sadly, I mean, thing. yeah, there there is. So I wanted to ask you, what is what are the major differences that you're seeing in, you know, business planning for a brick and mortar, or you know, for, a, I, I don't even know how to, to phrase this for a regular business, <laughs> you know, the ones that we all recognize. Oh, you you know, you've got a phone number, your business, you're in the yellow yeah. pages yeah. or not the yellow pages, but you've got a website. Who does yellow pages anymore? But then what is the difference that you're seeing between building a plan for those people for regular businesses and, and i don't i hope i'm not offending anybody but businesses are you know it's what, how we recognize them oh you're regular you know you're working you've got a business the other and then you've got the gig economy contractors you know people who are doing it as a side hustle what are the differences in those business plans because i and i haven't seen what you've got I suspect there are pretty pretty big differences there.
0: Uh, th- there are, and it depends. What, with a brick and mortar um, where you've got uh, a shop, the people coming in and out, you've got a little bit more to plan for. How are you going to get the exposure that you need for your business? And then you have to think about the fact of all the location uh, that are available to you in tax additional tax revenue that you need to pay uh, your property tax and all that fun stuff. So you've got a little more detail in the conventional business as we've seen it. When you move into uh, virtual or uh, the gig economy as we like to refer to it anymore is you may not need a full detail but you have to have a good understanding of what you need to cover. So you might have a little less Uh, of a plan in there but you still need a a very significant marketing plan uh, which is always a key piece of that and how you're going to reach that but uh, you know there's the core concept of who are my ideal customers you know that's the base that everybody has to start with to know for sure that i can reach this group Um, i mean and nowadays we're starting to see the uh leading edge boomers online i have a business partner in one of our businesses his grandmother well before she passed was in her early 90s was online every day oh (laughs) it's whole shift when he told me that i about died laughing i said you know i said she is the rarity versus the norm but
1: one of my, my dearest don't... friends, and you know who he is, I'm sure you do if you watch the NFL, but one of my very dearest friends, I talk with him every day, is Jim Tunney. He's known as the Dean of NFL Referees. Mm-hmm. He's 92 years old. He is on social media every day.
0: Yeah, every I get day. his newsletters all the time. So,
1: I know. <laughs> I handle that. I, love so, it. I, I know that you're out there. But, I mean, he none of this worries him. He's so, one of the smartest people I've ever met, but 92 years old, doesn't bother him none.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're starting to see more and more people do that, uh, you know, and so you talk to somebody, well, I got to go get my iPad. You know, it kind of catches me off <laughs> guard, but uh, that changes how we reach certain uh, demographics that weren't there before. This That's true. People being locked up for a year and a half, basically, in their homes. Uh, has changed uh, what people's habits are because now, like I say, you've got a, a senior population that didn't want anything to do with technology. Now they're really grasping it. Well, that opens up the door for a marketer to come in and maybe reach that set of folks that we couldn't do it that way before, so we had to rely on traditional snail mail and other methods. and I'm Trying to get people to understand uh, that that concept has to be in the forefront of their mind you can't rely you know the old days we used to do everything snail mail um, for those that have been around a few days uh, and you tell people that you need a combination of different things and they look at you like that's all online no you got to have a little bit extra depending on that business type uh, i spend i'd say the vast majority of my time as a speaker consultant uh, trying to reach out to people and Start making the phone calls. I thought I'd done cold calling when I left the insurance business. Um, What, you know, that's where putting in the time. And a lot of people think, oh, being in my own boss, I got all this time. Well, mm, no.
1: Uh, I've heard that before. And I'll say, why are you, you know, what do you need this website to do? What are you going to, oh, you know, I just want to sell a million widgets a week and have more time with my family and buy a second home. And I just have to break it to them, not un, not gently. It's like, Okay let's talk about this. You're not going to have any extra time. In fact, you're not going to sleep much. You need a cast iron stomach and you can't, you know, run around and go, I'm rich because you have to now pay taxes. You need to pay employees if you have them or contractors. Your life is no longer really your own. But if you're like me, an A-type personality and a workaholic, you're a workaholic, we enjoy it. But we also plan it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I had to, I go back to when I first became an entrepreneur and when I started the insurance business. Uh, the gentleman who was middle management at that time for the company I worked for, he says, "I want you to take your calendar out, and I want you to mark the times that you absolutely cannot work, and don't break it." He says, "Don't mark every day off all day long." He says, "You have to, you know, use a little sense." But he says. Take that, he says, and schedule around it. But the rest of the time belongs to you, your clients, in the company. Good. That's
1: very good advice. And I didn't learn that until I almost burned out because I worked Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you'll see me online at 318 in the morning practically every day. That's just when my, my brain wakes up. But I just about half killed myself by trying to do it all myself and trying to you know, be everything to everybody. It wasn't smart. That's when I went, I need a plan. So mm-hmm. everybody listening, have a plan. Yeah, you're going to spend some time with it. And David, I'm going to get you to walk us through the steps to to create a plan, You know, what, what people really need to be looking at. But don't just wing it. Winging it is going to cost you time, energy, possibly your marriage, and a lot of money if you're not really careful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, was it ad lib is for amateurs? uh, It's kind of the saying that's out there. Uh, And so I don't care if it's just one piece of paper saying, okay, I'm going to be doing this. This is what I'm going to provide. And for that, this is what I expect from them in return for what I'm going to give them. But it's got to be something of value that you're going to provide. And what kind of return is it going to be? Those are the stars is it a pricing model that you can afford to to do uh, and it's just um, I've seen you know business plans from cocktail napkins to novels. I don't recommend a cocktail napkin, uh, but it's a nice way to get a concept then move into it uh, It seems like most things happen over a couple um, ginger ales here and there <laughs> we uh but it's it's taking time to Put a piece of paper in front of you with a pencil and say, okay, I can do this. If I did this, pen out a couple scenarios to see which fits best. And when you get ready to start this, you know, people, I like to have these conversations with them, is, right, what's it going to take to start your business? You know, let's face it, anybody can open up a consultant. All you need is a computer and a telephone.
1: Oh, you don't need
0: a lot of, a lot of <laughs> big equipment, but you need a lot of
1: knowledge. You, I was just going to say, if you're going to be a consultant, you better be on firm ground, and you better know what you're talking about and what you're advising or you know directing people to maybe think about or do. Because, listen, the Internet is forever. You get a lousy reputation. You're not going to get away from it. Mm-hmm. And it can happen almost instantly.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, once it once it goes south, it's hard to uh, repair. It, it takes is. a long time and a lot of work. Uh, and there's some out there that have deserved the reputation they have gotten. But I always, look I at, always look ask, at ask people, what, what's it going to cost? If you're going to buy into a franchise and run your own franchise, it's a little different than hanging out your consultant shingle. And, you know, as we said earlier, when tell people you're a consultant, oh, you're out of work, huh? That was the <laughs> that mindset was the mind- that people said when you were a consultant. <laughs> And yep. It's still there. Um, I could probably tell you right now. My mother has no clue what I do.
1: Uh, you know, my family. Her, <laughs> yeah. I did the same thing. I would try to explain to my family that what I was doing. You know, social media marketing, consulting, and finally, I just said, "I'm a web developer." Oh, okay. They got that part. I had to simplify it way, way, way down. That's mm-hmm. not what Um, I build websites, but I also build businesses with those websites. But some, you know, your family is probably not going to be your customer, so leave them alone.
0: Yeah, I I, I get a kick. I'll go over there and talk to my mom, and she'll say, well, your brother's doing this. He's back to work at this and this and this. She says, but I don't know what you do. I said, mom, I said, look on your desk. I write books, and I talk to people.
1: Oh, bless (laughs) her. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and she's and in her mid 80s, and I love
1: that. And here you're doing it today.
0: Yeah, it's it's just, uh, and, but it's it's one of those things that people have a hard time grasping what we do. But in, when you look at how we got into this, I mean, uh, I made some decisions, but and walked away from jobs, but. Man, am I so glad I made the right decision back in those days. But trying to figure out, as you said, you know, we talk about our time commitment. Um, entrepreneurial is one of those gigs that, you know, you give up a 40-hour-a-week job to work 80 to 120 hours a week.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and sleeping my is, 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 you know, optional. I don't know about you. I don't sleep much. I can't nap. But sleeping pretty much is optional unless you build it into the plan.
0: hmm I uh, well with my health issues I've dealt with I'm still recovering with some of them but uh, I, I tend to cut off a little bit earlier in the day well my afternoon job comes in usually around four o'clock and it's my granddaughters when I watch them for shift change
1: <laughs>
0: so my but my day planned around that uh, I might start at six or seven in the morning in order to accommodate what I need to do but I like say I've planned my schedule around it. Um, you're just like my business partner. He, at 3 o'clock, he would be texting our staff.
1: Oh, yeah. I've been you, known to. You can't I also do that. Well, I email at 318 every morning, practically. People who know me, I will actually, you're going to laugh at me. People who know me well, if they're awake at that time, I'll get a text. Are you awake? You want to talk? Sure. I take my phone out in the backyard with my dog, and I let the mosquitoes bite me and I have great conversations at three mm-hmm. eighteen in the morning. Thank goodness it doesn't happen often, but it's a pretty sure bet I'm awake. I may be making gumbo. who knows I may be plotting you know my next website There's no telling, but that's when I'm awake and yeah. The thing with being an entrepreneur or a gig you know part of the gig economy is you have to be this and I, I don't think we were going to talk about this, but you have to be very, very aware of your internal reflexes, if you will. You know, people say, oh, you need to sleep eight hours. If I sleep eight hours, I'm dead or dying. It doesn't work for me. But if Mm -hmm. you're aware of when you are the most aware and the most alert and the most creative, and you can work around that, great things are going to happen. I'm going to tell you that from the heart. Be aware of how you operate.
0: Um, I I get up. Or I get up five thirty every day. Yeah, me too. And so um, I'm not already up. You know,
1: if I manage
0: yeah.
1: to, to bed, I'm still back up at five
0: thirty. But I always I've I keep a notepad next to my chair because I'll, I'll do some, somebody will do something. Somebody'll say something. or I'll hear something. Wait a minute, I got to do that. Write it down while it's still fresh in my mind. And so many people don't realize it until they get a good solid idea where they're going they're going to lie awake at night because their mind's not going to shut off trying to figure out, where's my next dollar coming from to pay the light bill today? Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's um, scary.
0: Oh, oh, it is. I've been through that years, many, many moons ago, uh, through a picket line, um, but uh, trying to figure out, right, how am I going to pay the bills? I've got to do this and this. And then you know, so you're out there hustling trying to find jobs in in this economy. It's the same way. People are lying awake, scared to death. They're getting sick. They're having heart attacks because the stress is killing them because they can't provide for their family.
1: And honestly, and I know, I see it. We all see it. This is nothing new. Mankind has always operated this way. But the thing is, with planning, and, you know, instead of just knee-jerking and saying, oh, I'm going to offer, I don't know, haircuts on the front lawn. You know, just pick something silly. It might work, by the way. You never know. Yeah. But anyway, you know, I'm going to do this. Yeah, I'm just going to do it, and I'll make money, and I'll pay the bills. But you might have been able to pay the bills, but now you have to pay Uncle Sam. You have to pay for any help that you had. You have to put gas in the car. You need to bring groceries into the house. So planning, and that's why I'm talking with you today, David, is you've got to ratchet back the panic a little bit and sit down and make a plan.
0: Well, right, and I think that that's the key. If we've gotten anything across to the listeners today is uh, without proper planning, all you're going to do is spin your wheels and cause yourself so much grief. grief. And not only you, but your family. Uh, If your family isn't supportive of what you do, you know, I'm talking to your immediate family living in your household. If they're not backing you with your lifestyle, it's not going to work. So as you plan, get your spouse or your significant other involved. Um, I always say, you know, when I do my planning, I like to have a few heads in the in uh, the conversation because we all look at things different. So as you write your plan, you know, there's ask questions of people. Well, what do you think of this? How can I figure this out? Uh, and I uh, get questions all the time. Hey, what about this? Could I do this as well? Then you give them a little point and help them out you know it's all about uh, you and i both and, and so many others it's all about how we can help people um, and i was the, one of the speakers the other day i was at the meeting i was at said that now you know we want to take our success and now we want to become significant
1: oh, and we do i that. like
0: that I, I, yeah i wrote I, it down right away just because yeah. it kind of rang true uh we want to be able to help other people And answering a simple question here or there, I have no problem because I like to help people. And so giving them pointers of where they can find us or share a document that I found online, it's very helpful. Uh, I do that, and I I have templates on my website to, to help with the budgeting and different things that people can download just because I want it out there for them because the more ammunition they have as they build their plan, the more successful they can be. And it's just starting from scratch and asking yourself those heartbreaking questions. Am I in a position to, don't, to invest my valuable time and money in order to get a business started? And people will say, well, what do you mean? Well, the money's easy to figure out if you have to have some upfront costs. But what's it going to take time-wise? You know, we've talked about working, you know, 120 hours a week. Or, you know, all night long, anybody that's been an entrepreneur for a while, at one point in their career has done that. Oh, yeah. Um, um, You know, unfortunately, some of us do it far too often. But it's one of those things that if we don't have the the time to invest, so that's why I tell people you might want to start out small. Don't have to jump into a full-time business if you can't afford to. You need the other income. So I've got a base income coming in over here. Right now I can – I might go back to – maybe I can talk my boss into only working four days a week, depending on what your your job is. But I, that way I can devote one day a week just to the side hustle to get started. And as that builds, you know, you still have all your fringe benefits, hopefully from the other jobs that they provided. But how to get the best of both worlds. But it all starts down as – okay, if I can go back and I can do this eight hours a week or eight hours a day, a couple hours here, you know, figure it all out, then you've got started up a good plan trying to figure out your time commitment because otherwise you sit down when you get home or on a beautiful day off and you're so overwhelmed that nothing gets done. And having that that plan of action that you can follow, um, especially uh, with with these – 1099 self-employed employment uh, contractors, uh, gig workers, you really need to have some direction. And oh, yeah. So oh it's, yeah. It's taking a, just a short plan of, okay, this is what I'm going to do. It doesn't have to be this great big elaborate diet, but you need to have a plan of attack to follow. And then you figure out, right, I'm going to market, but which direction am I going to market? Who am I going to go to? If I do this, this is going to cost me X, but I could go this way and cost me Y which is a lot less, and reach the same people by going a different route and trying to help people uncover those needs. Um, that's where it starts. And I'm hoping that uh, as people start into this, they start doing a little more thinking because there's so much information they can gather by just doing a couple searches online
1: and a lot to, of uh, it is gather dream, some information. Right? Like the resources that you're offering. And I'm going to throw in my two cents worth I don't like TV. I've never liked TV. I don't watch movies. You give me a stack of books, whether they're in my hand or on my Kindle, and I'm a happy camper. I can read for hours and hours. I mean, I... Been known to bop my nose with my iPad because my arms got tired and I wasn't laying in bed and you know, fell on my face. I'm surprised I don't have a broken nose. But and this is not going to be a popular thing, but turn that television off. Do you know how much time people sit in front of that same thing? Turn it off. Make a plan to not be in front of the boob tube. Be working. Be thinking. Be, you know, educating yourself talk with other people. One thing about entrepreneurs, David, you know this and I know it. We are generally, as a rule, 99% of us are very, very happy to help you. We're not going to loan you money. We're not going to build your business plan for you. But if you've got questions and you didn't make the mistake of saying, can I pick your brain, that's a no, don't do that. Don't do that. But we are happy to help you, whether it's with free resources or connecting Online or just having a quick phone call We will try to help you Reach out to people that you think oh, She's too big or he's too big She's never going to answer my question Yeah we will We want to
0: And that goes back into being Significant out there to help people
1: Good point You
0: know one of our uh, Colleagues out there in the world In order to give back just put all of his His six books Which were excellent as a free resource out there for anybody, download them.
1: Jim Palmer, right? Yep. Yep, I've got them all. I have them downloaded. Uh, yeah, I've got I them have. in paper <laughs> I <do> too. <laughs> I've got but, every one of them.
0: Uh, and, and they're out there, and that's people are giving. We want to give back, and we want to help people be successful uh, because a lot of times you'll find out that the successful people had help getting to where they're at, and they're just paying it forward. Mhm. And you know, and I love answering questions for people because I've learned a lot of stuff of just talking to people about their business. Um they got some great ideas and oh, wait a minute, I can use that idea in my business over here. I mean, so it's it's kind of a selfish thing to some respect, but um uh, people will find out that there's generally a lot of interest from people about what you do. And you want to be able to do, explain to them quickly in, in something um without going into a long dissertation. Of how you help people, you know. Everybody's helping people; otherwise, they wouldn't be working for themselves.
1: Right, right. Okay. Years ago, that was called the elevator pitch. Now it's just keep it simple and concise, or as I put it, keep it Homer Simpson simple. Just say what you do and move on. Start listening to the yep. other person. Well,
0: yeah, just to, you know, and just like I had to tell my mom, you know, I write books and I talk to people. <laughs> you don't. <know.
1: laughs>
0: I help them build the business, you know, she's in but she could understand that, you know. And there's a lot of people out there. You don't have to have, the, you know, a PhD in business to uh come up with all this stuff, but you can get out there it's never stop learning. Put that right. in your plan. Right. Uh, you know, you and I both have said we read and listen to things all the time. Uh, I binge watch podcasts a lot of times or listen uh, I'll set up, I, I just, I'm in the process of setting up another computer just for that purpose. Uh, I'll have a podcast going 90% of the time uh, just because I want to gather that knowledge. And I was listening, and some of them I've had to actually turn, shut down everything else I was doing because I was so interested I had to start all over again because I took pages and pages of notes
1: right. of,
0: of these podcasts. And, and so I do the same
1: it's, thing. It's you know, you have to learn the way that you learn. Again, and I cannot stress this enough. Turn off the news. Turn off the TV. Shut off cable if your wife will let you. I cut it out 10, well, maybe 11, 12 years ago. Healthiest thing I ever did for myself because I was paying a ton of money for a TV. that I never knew the world the remote was. I don't watch TV really. So, But I spend that time talking with people like you and networking. Listen, some of the best things to do to find information, to get great advice and honestly some crappy advice. Be careful what advice you you really take. But go into Facebook groups. Go into LinkedIn groups. Hang around. Don't jump in. You know, don't jump in right away. Find out who you know you like what they're saying, you trust what they're saying and follow those people and connect with those people. You will learn more just doing that than you will be going... You know, from gig to gig to gig going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Listen to people who have your best interests at heart and shut out the other ones. There's an awful lot of bad advice out there, especially in podcast groups. Don't get me started on that. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, but you know, again, we do want to help you. Just ask us, listen to us, read us. We're out there.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's the key. You know, when you are, you know, in – There's a lot of times I don't even want to go near social media just because of uh, the negativity on a lot of it, which I clean out quickly. Um, But pick out, like you said, the ones that have the relevant content that you're interested in. Uh, I don't know how many podcasts and stuff I'd listen to, um, start listening to one, okay, is this something I want to do on a regular basis? And there's a lot of them, you know, nope, I don't want that one, so I move on to the next one but never stop learning and in as we plan our lives around our business and our business around our lives make sure you put that uh, personal development in there it might be something as
1: oh you yeah. need to go
0: out to college and, and take a class on accounting or take a class on grant writing um, invest in it cuz it'll always come back once it's in your head you can you know nobody can take it away from you and so I always tell, ask people, what do you want to learn between now and next year? What's your goal? What do you want to learn to strengthen up what you do? Um, and there's, you know, the Chambers of Commerce have excellent programs out there. Um, I follow I don't know, Umpteen Chamber of Commerce uh, through this, uh, through social media, just because I want to see who's got the good speakers coming in. And I want to go listen to them. I want to invest the 35 or 50 bucks to go listen to the speaker. I want to buy their book. I want to read it. I want to learn more. And so have that in your plan um, to understand it. Yeah, I got to keep learning. And just because you know a particular subject doesn't mean you know all about the particular subject. Things are changing at a lightning speed anymore. And if we don't stay on top of it, um, you know, we're, we're 10 steps behind it. And so people, oh understand as they make this switch... They've got to realize that, you know, oh, yeah, I used to be able to go to work from 9 to 5. You know, it used to be banker's hours. You know, now it's uh, different things. You can't catch anybody uh, between 9 to 5 because half of them have been laid off or quit. Um, But there's a lot of people that are making this switch as a matter of survival. But understand that if you don't plan it out, you won't survive long anyway. So sit down with a paper, a pencil, write out. Just ask yourself if you're willing to do it. And I just um, can't stress that enough to people. And then uh, once you make those hard decisions, you know, make sure you've got a, some good advisors. You know, we talked about the online folks, you know, be careful who you listen to because you oh, make yeah. the bad advice. But make sure you've got a good attorney or a get one that can help you through some of the process of setting up your business and the same with an accountant or bookkeeper you want somebody that knows how to do this you know and And you you can start
1: yeah you also may want to trademark whatever it is that you're going to be doing because if you don't down the road and you're using a particular term and it belongs to somebody else now what so you know look mm -hmm. at all the different all the different things that going with a conventional business also are going to at some point impact your your gig business or your contracting bit whatever it is that you're doing. So David, let's let's kind of start from the beginning. So we've given a lot of thank you. I mean you've given a lot of advice here, but where do you tell people, okay, I've got this epic sheet of blank paper. What do you put as number 1, then number 2 and number 3? What steps should they be taking?
0: Well, the first thing um, I always start with, why do I want to be in business and what am I, what's my business going to do for people? Why am I You know, the per, the big why. Um, and if once you identify that, it doesn't have to be a full page. It could be one sentence. You know, we talked about helping people. Um, you know, you want to do that, but uh, just figure out why you want to be in business uh, and, 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 Denise, you know this. I'm a huge Napoleon Hill fan. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, um, that is, you know, one of his things is that direct focus on, you know, why? And that it all starts with that. Before you can move on, why do I want to do this? And so many people will start a business for the wrong reasons. So that's the number one is, right, why do I want to do what I want to, you know, do this business venture? What's it about? And then the second thing is, where do I see it going? Those are the top two is is why and where. You know, where am I going to go down the the road on this to where I can sit and plan through the rest of it? Because if I'm not clear on that, how can I uh, do anything else from planning to even operating a business? Those are, you know, the steps one and two when you start this. In my way, I tell people to write their business plan is you know you might burn a lot of paper but paper is relatively inexpensive yet or if you use computer just put it, one thing down do one section put it aside because if you're looking at this great big thing that you got to create it's overwhelming but if i'm oh, focused scary, on
1: yeah. uh, what my mission is your
0: oh i've done it and that's so i just tell people you know I'm old-fashioned. I use uh, notepads. I go through, burn a lot of legal pads. Uh, I've got about four going right now. But I write, write down one piece, tear it out, put it aside. And I keep them all in a folder so when I'm ready to put it down, start combining it. I know where it's at, but sometimes I have to go back and look, okay, what did I do this? Well, now I might want to adjust it because I've thought of something else. Mm-hmm. But, if you're, you know, but if you're- It's just like eating an elephant, one bite at a time. But those are the first two. And then what values, personal values or business values are you bringing to the table? You know, we think about how are we going to treat people? Um, and so those are things that I always want to see in a plan is, uh, you know, if I'm following the golden rule, treating other people like I want to be treated. Or um, or the old-fashioned of uh, the joke about attorneys was do we screw them and how? Um, you know, why? why are we in... In business, and so how are we going to treat the people that we come in contact with, not only customers but internally, you know, uh, colleagues? And as he says, you know, we've all got a good relationship among us, that know, the one, people that know each other, and they're willing to share ideas, and when somebody needs something, they're always there. So it's how are we going to treat going to people? To- but then, you know, when I get into that, then I want to move over to the, uh, get into, you know, who's going to be my advisors? Who's going to be my team? If I have to hire employees, what positions do I need? Who's going to be the leadership there? What are they going to do? What qualifications are they going to bring? And then once we get through all of that, then we start looking at our marketing. Who's our customer? Is, you know, we have to identify that early to see if it's even viable, a business option. But uh, what's, who's the competition out there? What makes me in my business selling this widget different from the guy down the street that's selling the same widget? And if you say it's just because of me, wrong answer. Uh, You've got to bring something else that sets you apart that makes people want to drive the extra mile or extra block or whatever it is to do business with you. And What's that going to be? We have to analyze what are they doing, and we have to do something a little bit different that's going to be valued to our customers and start analyzing that. And then we can start marketing around that and building a marketing plan.
1: And, you know, while you were saying that, it occurred to me that for me when I'm doing business with anybody, whether it's, you know, AT&T or whether it's the local Dollar Tree, which I happen to love the Dollar Tree, the customer service is not nearly as important to me as the customer experience Treat me right, I'll stick around. You may be a little bit more expensive than the other guy, but if you treat me right and I can tell that you are really empathetic to whatever my issue is, and you're working hard to fix it, I'll stick around I'll pay you. You treat me with an offhanded attitude or a snotty attitude. I'm out of there so quick, and I'm just going to you know say this out loud. all you're going to see of me is ass and elbows I'm gone, and I think people are getting a lot less willing to put up with poor customer's experience, not the service, the experience. There's two different things. So, you know, keep that in mind.
0: Absolutely. Uh, And that could be one of the things that draws people. Um, I used to know, and I'd say the vast majority, I don't even want to throw a percentage out there anymore because my mind is going, uh, of my clients when I was at the insurance agency by name. So when they hit that door, we're calling them by name. We know who they are. We're asking them about their family. Sometimes we cheat a little bit with three people in the office. One of us knows the name. The other one's looking it up online in her account. <laughs> but
1: not matter. What you, what you,
0: you know, when uh, people ask, it's how you treat the people. You know, and I had you know one gentleman come in with his son, and I hadn't seen him in a while, but I knew which one it was. So I called him by name, and he says, that's why I'm coming here because you know me, you know, and it just ties back. Like you said, it's it's all about how you make them feel. That's what they remember. It's not about the product or anything else. How do you make me feel? And those are the things that uh, we focus on.
1: So when you are working, you know, as a contractor or a consultant, there are EQ things that you need to pay attention to as well. It's not just how well you deliver this widget or this particular service just say you're you know excellent in WordPress but your personality kind of sucks so what do you do now you hire somebody to be the face of the company if you can but but the thing is if you are really really determined to be of service to other people and many of us are what I would call servant leaders and I don't mean that in a religious kind of way but you know we we're looking out for the people who interact with us because we expect them to do the same for us. And you can build a heck of a business seriously by being a decent person and using emotional intelligence and empathy as well as your hard skills and your soft skills. Don't put, don't, you know, leave those off the list. They're very, very important.
0: Oh, absolutely. And those are those values that, uh, It comes back to just, like you say, being a decent human being. You know, we all have our moments and our days, but uh, know when those are and kind of avoid it going around people to that until you get your headspace back to where it needs to be. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm like you. uh, I will pay for good experience in service. If I want something, you know, I'm out. If somebody treats me, well, you know, why do you want that or gets a little hateful, okay. We see it every day. You know, all you got to do is walk in any, pretty much any store, and you're going to find a bad apple. But, yeah, it's, it's treat them with respect and dignity and listen to what they have to say, and that's what takes um, any business owner forward is listening to what. Use the two ears and keep the mouth shut and you go a lot farther.
1: <laughs> yeah, and talking, you were talking earlier, David, about Uber and Lyft. I've never been in either of those, but, you know, I have my own car, and I live in a small town. I can get where I need to go. But the people that I have been interacting with recently – sorry, I had to cough – are the Walmart grocery delivery people. And since we just came out of Hurricane Ida, it's almost impossible to get groceries around here right now. Walmart delivered – well, they canceled two of my orders before and after Ida. They did deliver last weekend. Now they're not even accepting delivery orders. But with the, the mask mandates being lifted and, you know – down here. We don't really pay much attention to that anyway. But I, my order this last week was so big that I went outside and helped. It's like, I'm not going to make you bring all that from your car to my garage. And we had a nice little chat. You know, I didn't want to keep her too too long because she's got other deliveries. But this gal's attitude was so tremendous. I mean, she was saying, look, I'm going to put the the water over here. I'm going to put the litter over here. She was thinking forward about how easy it was going to get for me to get things into the house without breaking my back. She got a heck of a good tip for that just because she was mm-hmm. such a happy heart and she was thinking. She was trying to make sure that, you know, the heavy stuff was going to be straight by the garage. The other stuff was going to be on the front porch. She was thinking and I really appreciated her friendliness and, and her thoughtfulness and just how she operated.
0: Absolutely, and and that's what it is. It's you know that's the experience that people remember.
1: And exactly. So, yeah,
0: we're going to call back. We're going to ask, hey, can this one deliver my my order next time because of the way they treat it? And it, it goes a two way street. You know, it's how you treat them. They may not want to come back and see you. But they will look for your name if you if you treat them right, in, uh, and people do that. So, yeah, it, there's a lot that goes in and operating a business, but it all starts with sitting down and figuring out which way you want to go and how you can do it, and is it going to be uh, worth my time to invest in to uh, put my money and in, in time towards that business venture.
1: Exactly. David, where can people find those resources that you mentioned? We are just about out of time, believe it or not.
0: It goes by quick. Uh, you can go to the go to businessplananswerman.com. On there, there is a free book that walks you through the business planning process. Uh, download it. Use the information in there. And then there's, uh, under, there's a resource tab that you can find templates to walk you through other pieces that you may need. And my contact information and comments is there. Send me an email if you get stuck. Uh, love to hear from you. Uh, if you're having a problem with a certain one, just send me a note. Say, you know, hey, I'm having a problem. Where can I get this or how can I get around this? Uh, but I'm there. Just do that and uh, take advantage of uh, the information on the on
1: the book. Great. Before I let you go, is there anything else you wanted to tell the audience about that I may have either glossed over or was too busy talking over you to get to it?
0: No, I think we've covered the whole gambit of what it you know why the planning for any type of business, via be a gig worker or uh, a traditional business in a brick and mortar. Uh, the importance is having a, a plan of attack, just like it's your math to walk through. But we've covered uh, good, bad, and indifferent on being self-employed.
1: I like being self-employed, like you said earlier. I am not employable for starters. Nobody could afford me my rates in a in a real office not gonna happen. So, and that's a good problem to have, right? Mhm. Well, listen, David, thank you so much. It's been wonderful speaking with you again and, you know, I love watching you on social media and you know, we share a lot of the same friends and colleagues and I really thank you for all of the terrific tips and the advice that you shared with our audience. So before I say goodbye to you, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for some iTunes and Audible. And honestly, you can't throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in success radio. So get busy and throw that stick out there. Find us and just look for we are anywhere you consume your business podcast. Just look for your partner in success radio and take us along on your success journey. David, again, thank you so much.
0: Thank you uh, for having me back and always enjoyable. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.